everyone, TDN listeners in Dominica, the Caribbean, and worldwide. It is so great to be with you here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone as we celebrate Carnival 2021. So as most of you know, Carnival has been canceled in Dominica and just about all the islands of the Caribbean, but we still have to celebrate. We have to celebrate our culture. So I'm just here enjoying this music, this one from Signal Band, a track entitled Shell, which is making a big splash for 2021. So again, let's enjoy a little bit more of this number from Signal Band as we celebrate Carnival 2021. Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. Uh, you know, we are celebrating Dominica's Carnival. In ordinary times, this would have been Carnival Tuesday in Dominica. So we are just taking some time to celebrate our culture. So it is wonderful to be here with you for yet another another episode of Untapped Potential. I hope that you're keeping safe and warm wherever you are. Unfortunately, it looks like the Houston, Dallas areas of Texas are under some severe weather conditions and many areas have lost power. There's a power outage in many areas. So we keep everyone in Houston, Dallas, Texas area in our prayers and in our thoughts as we navigate this uh, treacherous weather condition. And it seems like just about half of the U.S. Uh, population is under some sort of weather advisory. So just be mindful of that and please 
be careful out there. So that's the bad news in terms of the great news for the week because you know we always celebrate gratitude right here on this program. It looks like the COVID-19 vaccine has is making its way across the world at this point. So we are truly grateful for that. And we're especially excited because the vaccine has made its way to Dominica. So we want to say congratulations to everyone involved in ensuring that the vaccine is now available in Dominica. And we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. But we still want to continue to practice those COVID-19 protocols as we work our way out of this virus. So we want to continue washing our hands, wearing the face mask, and social distancing as we work our way out of this virus. So I hope your week is off to a great start. I hope that you have great plans for working on your, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations this week. And thank you for taking the time to be here with us right here on Untapped Potential. Last week, we talked about celebrating Black History Month uh, today, but of course, we are going to change those plights plans just a little bit because we have a wonderful guest for you today. His name is Dr. Hillier and he's a newly minted PhD out of Dominica. So I couldn't help it. I was so excited when I heard about him that I decided that we should have him on the program today. And then next week we will celebrate our Black History Month because of course we do not want February to end without observing Black History Month. So again, our guest is going to be Dr. Hillier and he'll tell us all about his trials and his struggles and his successes as he navigated his way through academia and through the PhD program. But for now, let's enjoy this number from King Bob and, and congratulations to the newly minted Calypso King, uh, Daryl Bob out of Dominica. So let's enjoy this number from him as we welcome Dr. Hillier to the program. And of course, this program is brought to you through the kind Compliments of Peregrine Care Management Company, a medical consulting company right here in Medina, Georgia. So enjoy this number from King Bob, a track entitled Go and Love Your Neighbor. And of course, remember to stay tuned until the end of the program as we share a word of inspiration that I think that we could all benefit from. So enjoy this number as we welcome Dr. Sheldon to the program. Love. 
poor people. Boy, you think that being closest to the priest or the pastor will take you anywhere? Yeah. How can you be a good prime minister in Dominica if you don't love your neighbor? to Dr. Sheldon Hillier. Dr. Hillier, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Simone, for having me on the radio talk show. I really appreciate it. Yes, yes. So you are a newly minted PhD from Dominica, and you recently completed your PhD in crop and soil environmental science. So we are certainly looking to hear all about exactly what that entails and just to kind of walk us through the challenges and the successes that you experienced along the way. So let's just start from the beginning. What part of Dominica you're from? What was your life experience growing up in Dominica? Um, yeah, sure. I, um, I'm originally from Casa Comfort. Uh, I lived there until I was 21. I, I uh, went to Dominica State College. I did um, a major in biology, mathematics, and chemistry. Uh, after I graduated, I um, got a job at the National Bank of Dominica. I was a uh, teller there for two years, and then I became senior teller. And I mean, it was a good job. I, I liked my coworkers. I really enjoyed my time there. Um, but I always knew that wasn't where I really wanted to be. I always had a passion for sciences and had an inquisitive mind. So at the time, I was looking at ways for me to pursue my uh, education outside of the island. And uh, I heard about Midwestern State University and I just so happened that some of my friends were actually there already. So I learned more about the university and decided to apply. And that's where my journey began. And uh, so I stayed there for about uh, three and a half years to complete my bachelor's of science in biology, a minor in chemistry. 
I'd say about a year in, um, when I went into that program, it was actually a pre-med program. And that's what I had told everybody back home is that I wanted to become a doctor. And um, I, I feel like I, I didn't have the right reasons for that. I, um, I, had, um, I didn't really have the passion to become a doctor. I just wanted the prestige and the you know, money and that kind of thing. It's not like I really wanted to do that. So uh, luckily for me, about a year into my undergraduate program, I got an opportunity to do uh, undergraduate research and I really enjoyed that. Um, basically, I was given instructions and I had my own time to use how I wanted to as long as you know I, I did what I needed to do, produce results. So that, that experience actually changed. Um, that was one of the changing points in my life. I, I decided, you know what, I think I'd rather pursue a career doing that. Um, so I completed my degree. And of course, I was very optimistic looking for jobs and stuff. But, you know, it's difficult, you know, being an international student. And um, there are a lot of, you know, hoops and ladders that you have to go through that other people might not have to. And so because of that, I didn't really quite get a, a job in the field that I wanted to. So I ended up doing a few different uh, types of jobs, kind of similar to what, how it was in Dominica. When I graduated you know, in sciences, I ended up working in a bank. So I didn't work in the field that I wanted to, and I kind of stuck it out for a few years. And then um, there was another turning point in my life. I was working at this uh, grocery store. And then one of my previous mentors saw me, and he's like, what are you doing in here? And I'm like, I'm you know, trying to make a living, you know, trying to pay my bills. He's like, nah, come on. You got so much potential. You, know, you should try to go ahead and do another degree. So I was like, all right, you know what? You have a point. So he told me about this program at another university in Texas, um, Tarleton State University. So I applied and uh, it was a, a little bit different from what I had uh, originally did my undergrad and it was in environmental science as opposed to just regular biology. So um, I went ahead and went to that school and that's where I really got upon this path of uh, where my research is currently focused on. I took a class and we talked about um, environmental health law and they told us about um, this particular disease that was you know, becoming an issue, uh, MRSA, so methylene-resistant staph aureus. And I, you know, I looked up uh, some more about it and found out essentially it's because we've been overusing antibiotics in a, a lot of different facets you know, in terms of animal husbandry, even in human medicine, we tend to overdiagnose and you know, uh, we take more than we need to. And then some of the antibiotics, if we don't finish them, we flush them down the drain that ends up getting recirculated. So essentially, because of those small quantities uh, being in any environment, it's reducing the uh, effectiveness of those treatments. So you have regular diseases that you could have treated, you know, maybe a few months ago or a few years ago, becoming very difficult. And this particular one, it's easy to spread and it's very difficult to treat. So I was kind of curious about that. I'm like, well, there's a dairy farm right at the university and I know they're probably using antibiotics with the animals. So that kind of got the gears turning. I'm like, maybe I can do something to kind of um, look at that and see if we're having that issue in our background. So I met with different people on, uh, on campus and we you know, set up different meetings. And eventually I decided to do like a greenhouse study and I wanted to just grow some crops and then use some of that manure with the antibiotics in there just to see if it would end up in the plant tissue or what would happen over time in soil. And um, so I was able to get that uh, as my master's thesis, and I defended that in 2017. A few years later, I was able to get that um, published. So that was um, one of my uh, cornerstones, I would say. Up to that point, I'd say the biggest issues that I faced, definitely one was financial. Um, of course, I didn't, uh, I wasn't well off growing up. You know, my family did their best to provide for us, but uh, I didn't have a golden spoon or a bread butter, like we like to say in Dominica. So um, I did have to take a loan to, 
start my degree. Um, again, being an international student, I couldn't apply for certain scholarships that I wanted to. And, you know, the average college student would tell you that they can just work a regular job to help pay their bills. But that wasn't the case for us. You know, being an international student, you're not allowed to legally work off outside of campus. So I had to make do with my stipend. And then, um, you know, you also have like doubt and um, things like, I think they call it imposter syndrome, where you kind of, you, you think like, well, am I really cut out for this? You know, am I really good enough to, to do this? You know, and it, it happened a lot. And uh, of course, loneliness was another big thing too. I didn't have like immediate family there with me during those years. I mean, you know, you could talk to them on WhatsApp, you could video call, but it's not the same with, you know, having them in your space and, you know, waking up to eat together, going out together, laughing together, stuff like that. So those were, I'd, I'd say, some of the, the major issues that uh, I dealt with. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you bring up these issues because I too went to MSU. Oh, you did? <laughs> I, oh, went really? to, oh, I, I went to Midwestern know. State University. Okay. I graduated yeah. in uh, 1999, not to age okay. myself. <laughs> I graduated with my bachelor's in um, psychology. Okay. So I can very much relate to what you're talking about in terms of the financial restraints, mm -hmm. not, being to, not being able to work off campus. Yes. But fortunately, at my time, we were not as numerous Right. as the population is now so right. from day one i was able to land a job at the cafeteria okay and it was a very interesting experience for me because i went from being a flight attendant with Liat, mm -hmm. to yes. sweeping floors yes but yes. i think the important thing and i like how you mentioned that you worked at a grocery store yeah, to make and meet because yeah. the important thing for me was not the fact that, you know, I left this lofty career as a flight attendant. Mm -hmm. The important thing for me was that I was pursuing my goals. Right, I right. knew that this was going to take me along the path that right. I was interested in pursuing. So I graciously accepted the job. And I, I right. think there's no there's no shame in pursuing a job as long as it's legal, legal right. and morally right. ethical to be able to achieve the goals that, um, that you want for yourself. So, so thank you very much um, for sharing that information. Now tell us what happened when you um, continued pursuing your master's degree, because I'm enjoying the transitions <laughs> that you went through from banking right. Right. to, to potentially pursuing medicine to environmental um, science. And just to remind everyone who's just joining us, we are speaking to Dr. Sheldon Hillier. He's a recently minted PhD in crop and soil environmental science out in Virginia. And he's just walking us through the challenges and the successes he has faced thus far. So tell us about your master's program, Dr. Hillier. Yes, yeah, so um, I had that project that I had in mind and I was actually able to get it set up and um, let's say maybe a few months in, I was starting to analyze some of the data and, you know, my mentors were saying, hey, um, I think you might have to redo this experiment, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> it took me so long to get it set up and to get it done. And it's like they're saying, well, um, you write it, it's, it's probably being your best interest to do this now as opposed to you go all the way through and then the data is not worth anything, you know. So, I mean, I was very um, hesitant on that, but eventually I said, you know what, I'll go ahead and set it up again and uh, it worked out I guess in the end because I was able to get some good data I was able to defend my thesis and um, I was able to graduate um, on time so at that point I'm thinking well you know I've been in this school thing for a while now and 
I've racked up a lot of debt and, you know, all my friends have been working and starting families and doing all these amazing things. And I'm here as a student. So I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to go back to school. I want to get a regular job and start helping my family, you know, paying back some of my loans and stuff like that. Um, but then I got an email from my mentor at the time and she said there was a professor at Virginia Tech and she was looking for a, a graduate student to start a PhD program. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, well, you know, the, the research goals are basically almost like uh, exactly in line with what you've been doing. So I'm like, all right, well, that's interesting. And I said, well, you know what? I talked to my mom about it and um, she encouraged me. She's like, you know, give it a shot. Just, you know, reach out, see what they have to say. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And uh, so I sent her an email and then she emailed me like within minutes. And then she said, you know, hey, can we schedule a phone interview? And uh, so we had a phone interview the very next day. And we talked for maybe almost two hours and uh, she liked what I had to say. I liked what she had to say. And then so, um, you know, I basically told her my concerns because I was like, I was very skeptical about uh, going into a PhD program because I didn't want to end up in academia. I didn't see myself becoming a teacher. I like doing research and I'd like to continue doing that, you know? She said, well, we can tailor your program to fit whatever your needs are. So that's not a problem. So I said, okay, I'll go ahead and apply. And uh, I ended up applying even after the deadline. And, you know, I guess God, you know, he's intervened a lot of times in my life. There are certain things that the average person would say that wouldn't have worked for them, but it worked for me. And it's like every time something like a hindrance or a barrier would present itself, for some reason, you know, there would be an intervention and it would allow me to, to progress. So I ended up applying and joining the university. And I did have some setbacks over there as well, you know, within the first week, uh, some personal issues. And then within a year, I had other stuff come up and it was like, I'd say about a year and a half and I'm like, wow, am I really going to be able to do this? You know, do I even continue? And you know, it's like, and again, these thoughts of being, you know, like, can I even do this? You know, am I capable of doing it? Um, but perseverance, you know, and talking to my mentor, she was very uh, receptive and she was a very good person outside of, you know, being in, in her profession, just her personality. It was easy to talk to her and um, she helped me alleviate any of the uh, worries that I had. And, Thankfully, I was able to see through and, and, and complete the degree. Program. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also get the sense, um, Dr. Hillier, that you're someone who's open to the universe. <laughs> because it seems like many times where people would have said, no, this is too much, this is too challenging, or, um, you know, I was going to pursue medicine, but I'm not interested in medicine, so let me just go back to banking. Yeah. You just kind of remained open to the universe and the direction that a higher being, because, you know, not everyone believes in a God, right. I do, but it feels like there was a higher power that was directing you and you remained open to the possibilities. Would you say that's the case with you? Yeah, I, I always say that I feel like my steps were ordained, you know, like there was a, a path set out before me and I just had to find my way through because, um, I mean, there were many times I could have given up and just decided, you know what, hey, this is too much. Let me just go back home and, you know, like I could live a comfortable life home. But um, I ultimately set out on, you know, a goal. And even though I kind of took a winding way to get there because I, 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 you know, started with wanting to be a doctor. I didn't be a medical doctor, but I did get my PhD. So at some point, uh, you know, I guess you could say my destiny was fulfilled. And again, it's still just the beginning for me. I mean, you know, I've done a lot, but I, I know there's a lot more ahead of me and I'm just humble and patient and trying to, you know, 
navigate the next stage of my life right now and uh, I'm looking forward to it so yeah and you you also mentioned that you spoke to your mom not your mom now I get the sense that you come from an incredible family because one of my upcoming guests is also going to be your brother Brenton Hillier right. who yes. is a success story in and of, of himself so so what is it about your family that has produced such ambitious people uh, I, I guess good parenting. Uh, my mom, you know, she's always been a prayer warrior for me and, um, you know, she's always had my back and always been encouraging, you know, even sometimes I feel like she's just saying that, but it's like she would go out of her way to be encouraging to us, you know, you're, you know, you're successful, you know, you're going to be, you're going to make it, you know, you're handsome, you know, you're smart, you're intelligent, you know, uh, she never wanted us to say anything negative about ourselves or to each other um, or anything like that. Um, and my brother, he is definitely an inspiration for me as well. Uh, my dad passed away, um, um, I'd say when I was 18. So at the time he kind of took up the mantle and you know, he, he worked, he was the first one in our family to kind of help with the bills. And he would always be someone I could talk to when I really needed advice. And so, I mean, he, you know, he, he's been definitely a mentor to me as well. And I really appreciate you know, him and everything he's done to help me thus far. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do have to say that my mom um, has been definitely that that rock, that solid rock to kind of give us that pedestal to, to do good things, you know? Yeah, yeah, fun. and I'm certainly looking forward to speaking with uh, Brenton as well All because right. he has an incredible story yeah. to share. So I'm looking forward to having him on in uh, two weeks. He will be okay. joining us. So, you know, I want to talk about your research interests, but I want to know if you had this experience that I experienced when I completed mm -hmm. my PhD. Here you were immersed in all this work, always a project, always a paper, mm -hmm. always something to be done. When you finally earned your PhD, did you feel like there was something you were still, you still had to do? Like it felt weird to not have anything to work on. Did you experience that? Well, uh, in all honesty, even after I completed my PhD, I, there was another writing project that I had um, mm -hmm. signed up for. So it's like I didn't even have... Wow, um, you didn't take a break? I took maybe a few days, but it's like <laughs> oh there was God. a deadline of, approaching and it was uh, so, um, something where there was some financial incentive as well. Mm. So, you know, there, it wasn't like, well, I just don't want to do it anymore. I actually had an obligation and I like to see things through. I don't like to... Um, start things and not complete them that's always been my ethos so um i took a few days because it, you know it, it had been a while since i could just relax without having to think of oh you know I have to do that you know so i took a few days just to decompress but then i went right back into it and then um in my new role that i've started um i started in january but officially started in february so i mean it's kind of been the same um mm -hmm. Maybe the responsibilities are a little bit different, but I still have a list of to do on my computer. I have my little note list to remind me, hey, you have to do this today and this is due next week. And I still have meetings with my boss and I have new projects that I'm working on. And I also have some old projects that I want to write up and get published. So I guess that's kind of the life if you're in you know, this field. It's like you never really have a break. So, um, you know, it's just something you have to have good time management skills to to be able to, to cope with that. Yeah, yeah. So tell us more about your research interests, the position that you now hold, mm -hmm. and, and what you're working on currently. Uh, yeah, so most of my previous work has been, again, looking at those um, antibiotics and emerging contaminants. And when I speak of emerging contaminants, um, in the past, people were concerned with, you know, excess nutrient runoff, you know, like you apply 
fertilizer and manure and there's nitrogen, phosphorus, et cetera. But those are the two big ones because those are what, you know, you usually uh, base your crop um, decision upon. You know, it's like how much nitrogen or phosphorus is in the soil? What crop are we trying to grow? How much does it need? How much do we apply and that kind of thing? But then um, eventually, you know, after looking at the data, people have realized, well, you know, if we put too much, a lot of it is not going to get taken up by the, the crops. Some of it is going to end up in surface water. You have issues like eutrophication, and you know that can lead to killing of um, uh, fish and stuff like that. Um, so as of recently, people have started looking at the other uh, issues that I mentioned, the antibiotic resistance. So we know that antibiotics, uh, resistant bacteria, antibiotic resistant genes, all of these are considered emerging contaminants, pesticides, hormones. Um, we know that once these get into the environment, some of them stay there a long time. Uh, they can be detrimental to the natural flora and fauna. And so because of that, we're looking at different ways that you can apply manure to the cropland to kind of mitigate some of those issues. Like, um, I'm not sure how we do it in Dominica, but here the most common method is all, you know, just spraying the manure on the, the surface of the soil. Um, after that, people sometimes will come in and till the soil to make sure it's mixed up. But then eventually we found that, well, you know, when you do that, you kind of break up the soil structure and that can lead to other issues as well. So you really don't want to, 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 to do that. So an alternative practice is actually injecting the manure into the subsurface of the soil. So that way the plants can still access the nutrients, but you're not disturbing the soil structure. And then when you have heavy rainfall, it's not sitting at the surface of the soil. So there's less of that entering like your rivers and your lakes and stuff. So my research, I, I basically did that, like I did rainfall simulation studies and we did it in the field. And what we were looking at specifically were antibiotics, the bacteria and the genes. We wanted to see how those moved, um, you know, if it would stay in soil, what would happen over time and things like that. Um, and then in terms of what I'm doing now, um, I'll try to be, I guess, I guess it's ongoing projects. I don't know if I can say too much about it, but- mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah, but we're looking at, um, I guess you could say, some of the societal changes since COVID has happened. And again, in the frame of mind of emerging contaminants. So things that we didn't do as much before COVID, and now that we're doing a lot more, like you're using a lot more hand sanitizer. Yeah, and and the and implications stuff. on the environment, certainly. Right, so that's where we're kind of looking at right now. Um, and I guess so one of the reasons why my, my boss really wanted me to, to join is because um, I've been working in her lab for the last almost four years. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm pretty much up to speed on, on, you know, most of the equipment in there. I know how to work with her. We work well. Um, she knows how I interact with other people in terms of training, um, in terms of, you know, undergraduate students and teaching people techniques. So it's like, it's, uh, it would be a, a good fit for me to come in and take that role as opposed to getting somebody who has to take a longer onboarding process and might have to spend a few months to try to get up to speed. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, me, I can come in right away and, and start working some of these other projects that she has. Yeah, so so the, the interesting thing I've found of doing this program, we've been doing this program for about eight months now. And mm -hmm. most, uh, of, of course, I interview mainly Dominicans because that's um, my interest in promoting mm -hmm. the, the important work that Dominicans and Caribbean people in general right. are doing around the world. Now, would you say that you have an interest in applying this knowledge to Dominica? Uh, that's a good point. Uh, I. I guess I would have to do some research and find out where we're at in Dominica specifically, because when I lived there, of course, I wasn't 
thinking about anything related to agriculture. I wasn't thinking about, you know, any of these emerging contaminants. Because you were in banking like, and you were yeah, going to be so, a medical doctor. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I, I at some point, um, maybe about a year ago, I did try to kind of get a abreast of where we're at in terms of like, you know, what kind of soil testing we can do. We have, you know, like portable soil testing equipment. I, I, I spoke to someone, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he did kind of give me just, you know, a, a little bit of background on where we're at. And I mean, I I don't think that my uh, my wife would want to relocate anytime soon. So that's something that um, maybe further down the line I could talk about. But I mean, in terms of like consulting or just even advice or, you know, like I would, you know, at some point be open to that. My plate is a little full at the moment, but um, I, I love my country. And I, of course, you know, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for Dominica. And, um, you know, whenever I get a chance, I, I always try to visit. I haven't been there in a little while. I'd like to this year. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, you know, if there's anything I can do to, to help you know, us uh, on the island, I would definitely be interested in that. Yeah, and I think it is so timely that we're having this conversation because I was just listening to Thompson Fountain's program, um, mm -hmm. Lifeline, on Sunday, and he was interviewing Peter Carbon, and he mm -hmm. was a minister, I believe, in the UWP party, and he's doing a lot of the work in the area that you are doing. So okay. that is someone mm -hmm. you may want to collaborate with. Okay. I believe he's in Florida. And okay. if you would like to be placed in contact with him, I think he's actually won awards for the okay. work that he's doing in agriculture in Dominica. And, you know, for me, a lot of what I do is really trying to bring the minds together and right. ultimately how can our island benefit right, right. from our expertise so like you said whether it's through consultation mm -hmm. um and of course you know most people have their lives up here so right. it's not a matter of necessarily moving back to dominica right. but just providing the knowledge and the expertise right. that we can offer um to enhance our island nation right. i think would be important so dr hillier thank you for being here with us Thank you for sharing your experience. Do you have any final thoughts as we get ready to wind up? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I think we, uh, I enjoyed the program everything. and I, yeah, and I, well, I, I do have, um, I don't really have like any business or anything, but I do have um, some profiles on LinkedIn and research date if anybody wants to. Um, read up on some of the Yes, so we would certainly be interested in following your work and see, yeah. you know, how your projects are going. So yeah. I have the links that you provided me to your LinkedIn page and your research yet. So yeah. I will be sure to publish them with the video that goes with this okay. program, as well as your information. So congratulations. Thank you. You yeah, must be elated. You. I think um, you finally found your path. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm home now. So I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. And just looking forward to what the future holds, you know? Yeah, so congratulations and congra congratulations. I also know you're expecting your, your first baby. So congratulations yes, yes, on that. Thank, thank you, thank you. I, this year, I guess, is uh, bringing a lot of good things and I hope that mm -hmm. continues. Um, yeah, my wife and I are very excited and um, just hoping for a smooth uh, pregnancy and uh, safe delivery for our baby girl. Yeah, so we wish you much success. We wish you continued success in your, your ventures and anything that you pursue. And we know that you're going to do very well. So again, thank, thank you. you for joining us on Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. And we wish you much success. Thank you very much. You thank are you. listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone.
you, Dr. Hillier, and thank you everyone for staying with us on this episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, if you tuned in late, we were speaking to Dr. Sheldon Hillier out of Dominica, and we're also very excited because his brother, Mr. Brenton Hillier, will be our guest in about two weeks. And as a matter of fact, speaking with Brenton uh, reminds me that uh, the importance of fostering greatness within our families. So when we have Brenton join us in about two weeks, we will also have some information on how exactly do we create ambitious and driven people within our own family. So I hope you will join us in about two weeks as we celebrate the success of Brenton Hillier and we continue to journey on to greatness right here on Untapped Potential. Now, before Dr. Hillier joined us, we also talked about uh, our words of inspiration for today. I first heard this particular clip on a program that Mr. Loftus Durand does, and I was so inspired and so moved by the words that I thought I would share it with you right here on Untapped Potential. And it just kind of reminds us about the importance of the people that we surround ourselves with. And I don't think that we can ever hear this enough, the importance of the people we surround ourselves with. So I will go ahead and play the clip for you. And then please stay tuned for after the clip plays as we continue our celebration of Dominica's Carnival 2021. And I will play for you the song that I believe was my favorite song for Carnival 2021. And I've certainly enjoyed the calypsos, the buio, all the music that came out of Dominica for this particular season. So again, take a listen to our words of inspiration and then stay tuned as we wrap up the program. Truer words were never spoken. The less you associate with some people, the more your life will improve. Anytime you tolerate mediocrity in others, it increases your mediocrity. An important attribute in successful people is their impatience with negative thinking and negative acting people. As you grow, your associates will change. Some of your friends will not want you to go on. They will want you to stay where they are. Friends that don't help you climb will want you to crawl. Your friends will stretch your vision or choke your dream. Those that don't increase you will eventually decrease you. Consider this. Never receive counsel from unproductive people. Never discuss your problems with someone incapable of contributing to the solution. Because those who never succeed themselves are always first to tell you how. Not everyone has a right to speak into your life. You are certain to get the worst of the bargain when you exchange ideas with the wrong person. Don't follow anyone who's not going anywhere. With some people you spend an evening. With others, you invest it. Be careful where you stop to inquire for directions along the road of life. Wise is the person who fortifies his life with the right friendships. If you run with wolves, you will learn how to howl. But if you associate with eagles, you will learn how to soar to great heights. A mirror reflects a man's face, 
but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. The simple but true fact of life is that you become like those with whom you closely associate, for the good and the bad. Note, be not mistaken, this is applicable to family as well as friends. Yes, do love, appreciate and be thankful for your family, for they will always be your family, no matter what. Just know that they are human first, and though they are family to you, they may be a friend to someone else and will fit somewhere in the criteria above. In prosperity, our friends know us. In adversity, we know our friends. Never make someone a priority when you are only an option for them. If you are going to achieve excellence in big things, you develop the habit in little matters. Excellence is not an exception, it is a prevailing attitude. So what did you think? I think um, those were words that are so important to re be reminded of that we cannot hear this information um, often enough. So I hope you found it inspirational. I hope you found it uh, motivational as you journey along during this week. Now, before I forget, I want to remind everyone that the Dominica Arts and Literacy Association a group that I am proud to be a member of is having a poetry competition. So it's the Dalla Poetry Competition and it's open from now until March 31st. And there is a prize. The first, first prize is 200 US, second prize 150 US and $75 for the third prize. And of course it is a, a poetry competition and for more information I will go ahead and post the flyer to my website so you can get all the information you need. And of course, feel free to visit my website for more information about the work that we do right here on Untapped Potential and Push Past 10. The website is a P U S H P A S T the number 10. So again, pushpast10.com for the past podcast and for some of the videos of the Facebook lives that we have been doing recently. And speaking about Facebook lives, I am honored that a number of, of individuals have reached out to me to assist with promoting their companies. So if you are on Facebook, I encourage you to join me tomorrow evening, Wednesday evening, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time as we begin promoting our companies. So our first official promotional um, opportunity is with Dominic by DominicaOnline.com. Again, that is by DominicaOnline.com. And that is what the intention of all the work that we do is for. It is intended to promote our people, to promote our business and to promote our culture. So we are very excited to bring to you by DominicaOnline.com via Facebook Live tomorrow evening. And I will be sure to place that video on my website for those who are not on social media. So you can see all the wonderful work that our businesses are doing. And we have yet another company coming up soon. So again, if you're on Facebook, you can 
follow me at Push Past 10. And if you or anyone you know is interested in promoting your business via social media, please reach out to me. You can reach me at pushpast 10 at gmail.com. So again, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10 at Facebook, at gmail.com, because this is what we all should be uh, doing. We should be celebrating each other. We should be promoting each other and we should be taking Dominica and the Caribbean to higher levels. So I'm very excited for this work and for this opportunity and for this platform to be able to share this information with you. So again, our time is quickly wrapping up. It has been wonderful being here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential right here on TDN Radio. My name is Dr. Simone and I look forward each and every week to be in your company as we journey along, uh, working and achieving our goals, our personal dreams, our aspirations. And if you have any questions, any feedback that you would like to pro provide for this program, you can go ahead and send me an email about that as well. I love hearing from, you know, our listeners and our followers. And again, thank you everyone who are always making re recommendations, who keeps suggesting guests, who keeps suggesting program ideas, because that is how we learn and we grow from each other. So again, thank you for being here. You enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, remember to tap into your potential each and every day to stay positive, to stay engaged, to stay active and to stay um, involved in, in whatever you are doing um, to further your goals and to further your dreams. So again, thank you for being here and I look forward to being with you next Tuesday for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. I'll see you then.
Come let me show you how it's done It says go to the number one Come quench your first night sister Energize my brother If you're in the mood, 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 mood Watch it and feel good, 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 good If you want to hold, 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 hold me You'll smell sour all over your body Satisfaction is guaranteed So whether it's wet, wet, a full of wet Without sour, the wet cast me Whether it's so static, a punch party Without sour, the party cast me
Bye-bye. 